And, you know, I heard once, and I, I speak about this when I teach the profit method at, at events, that um, entrepreneurship is like a high wire solo act. And marriage oh, is all yeah. about um, sharing and stability and, and you know, two becoming one and a community of, of, of family. And, and it's, they're so diametrically opposite that you really have to pause and think about it. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Grace for Impact. Today on the Impact Entrepreneur Show, we're chatting with Susie Miller, known internationally as the Better Relationship Coach. She is an author, a speaker, and a coach. She is dedicated to helping you create better relationships in 30 days or less. Susie equips high-potential impact entrepreneurs and executives to reduce stress, improve communication, and most importantly, not bankrupt their relationships in pursuit of profits and success. Susie has been featured in major news outlets, including Forbes, Fox News, Entrepreneur, and NPR. She is the best-selling author of Listen, Learn, Love, How to Dramatically Improve Your Relationships in 30 Days or Less. Susie is a cancer survivor, and her story includes overcoming numerous life challenges, but she's known for her outlook on life as a possible-tarian. Susie has been married to John, a lifelong entrepreneur, for 32 years. They have three adult children and live in the Washington, D.C. area. We cover a lot in today's episode, including how we can create lasting and meaningful marriages in the midst of all the chaos, stress, and challenges of juggling life and work. We talk about some of the unique challenges of being the spouse of busy entrepreneurs or executives. And one of the biggest takeaways is we talk about Susie's profit method for busy executives and entrepreneurs to protect and cultivate strong marriages and family relationships while crushing it in their businesses. So bust out your pens and papers, take a lot of notes. This is a good one, folks. Brace for impact. Well, hey, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to be on our podcast, yeah. the, Imp- the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I like that. Yes. Uh, really excited about uh, what we've got going on and what you've got going on. So I discovered that we like to ask some of the similar similar questions of people. So I was I was looking at your Entre Spouses uh, ebook conversations starters, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that you ask and that I also ask of my guests is, "What is your superpower?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and what would you do with it personally and professionally? Ooh, okay. Yeah. So my superpower is I am known for being willing to talk about anything, um, which if you're my kid isn't so great. <laughs> but it means that a lot of things that come up in communication and relationship issues that people struggle with, whether it's professional relationships, um, 
employee issues, personal relationships, marriage, family, you know, most of what causes trouble is what people don't talk about. And so I'm known for being um, willing to not only talk about it, but to name it and really to help people navigate that conversation. And so that's, you know, it's fun for me. I mean, I don't ask provocative questions just to, to provoke issues, but I'll, yeah. I'll talk about the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And to me, the way I use it for business and for, you know, personal and kind of, you know, the world making a difference and having an impact is I feel like when you get people talking and sharing about, you know, especially the hard stuff, you really get some authenticity. You can move from competition to collaboration. And there really is a sense of camaraderie community that comes about from having good communication skills. So that really is it. Um, The big joke when I was, my kids were home, our kids are grown now, they're 30, 28 and 25. But when our kids were home, like it was like, you know, selling tickets to our dinner table conversation. They're like, oh, our friends want to come over on Friday night to see what the family's <laughs> talking about today. So, you know, it's, it is, you know, I also got my start in, as a marriage and family therapist. So it kind of came from there. Okay. And um, usually, you know, the things that people aren't willing to talk about, be like, hey, let's talk about this. And there's dead silence. And so yeah. it is a fun superpower. Now, if I could pick any superpower I wanted, it would be to time travel. Ooh, where would you travel to? Um, I think I would, at one level, travel back to my younger self and tell myself okay. some things. I have loved different pieces of t- times in history, and I thought that would be fun. But to be able to do, um, you know, I'm in my 50s now, so the idea of being able to time travel back and have kind of letters to my younger self. Yeah, like what would you say to yourself? Um, you know, I just recently I was asked that question on, on an, another interview and had this conversation with my Daughters, I also run what is called Amplify, and it's a women-only mastermind or community so that there is a level of, you know, authenticity, camaraderie among women executives and entrepreneurs because there is a lot of competition. And so that's where it came up. And and one of the things I said to this group, because a lot of them are the younger, really successful millennials, and it's, it's this idea of like yourself sooner. Stop trying to, you know, prove yourself and improve, you know, um, please everybody. And really, you know, don't wait till you're 45 to, to know that you've got value and really can can make choices that can can have a huge impact. I think that's a big one. The other thing I think that I would tell myself is to risk more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Taking risks, especially while you're young, you have essentially nothing to lose and nothing but runway in front of you. Yeah. I'm working on a blog right now uh, called... Uh, Three things I learned when I kicked the other woman out of my bed, which <laughs> is uh, technology. And uh, my wife and I have made our our bed a safe zone, a technology-free technology zone. And there's been some big things that have happened as a result of that. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. You know, I don't yeah. want to spoil it. No, that's um, great. That's something I talk a lot about with the on for spouses, which is my term for married with business. Um, I think there's a unique, and I think busy executives and, and the corporate people I work with as well have this. You know, there's always that competing for the spouse of an entrepreneur, always feels like they're competing for the attention, the energy, the time. A lot of times I use the uh, phrase, it's the affair I said yes to, you know, whether it's the busy, 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 you know, executive who's never home because they're working eight to eight um, or the entrepreneur who's 24 seven and always distracted. There is this sense of I'm, I'm sharing my spouse with another love. I'm sharing my, you know, this person who used to think I hung the moon and I consume their thoughts with something new. And that really presents some real challenges for relationships, especially marriages. And that, you know, technology is a big piece of that. So really, 
really protecting and prioritizing the relationship is so important. Yeah, it really is. And that kind of leads me into my my next question for you. Have you ever heard of, um, you know who Simon Sinek is? Mm-hmm. And have you ever, have you watched his YouTube video, Why? I don't know uh, if I watched the Why, I've watched other I'm, ones. Yeah, it's a TEDx talk. It's really good. Oh, I'll, yes. I'll, okay. I've watched his TEDx talk. Yes. Uh, I'll link it in the notes yeah. too. But but so, you know, why are you an entrepreneur and why why did you why did you choose this as the direction that you wanted to go? Is is it, it was there a personal moment in your life where as a marriage and family therapist, like you pivoted and you said, I gotta go, I'm seeing all of this either externally or internally. You talk a lot about relationships and chaos and stress that, I mean, was there, was there a personal moment that kind of made you turn this corner? Um, there's a couple, and it's a really good question. Uh, Mike, I had uh, I married an entrepreneur. So I came from a family where my dad was a doctor. And so professional private practice was something that made sense to me. Um, he also taught medical school. But education and the kind of the standard way of doing things was kind of what I was raised in. And I married an entrepreneur who came from a family of entrepreneurs. And so it was a brand new education, a whole new lifestyle for me. And I, I think what really captured me was the freedom involved in it. And so even when I had my family private practice, it was my own business. So I was just, you know, did my own thing and had my own business and really liked that level of, of, of freedom. Why I moved from therapy into coaching, um, two things were kind of the catalyst for that. One was I got cancer and as a cancer uh, survivor, that changes the way you look at life and um, you really begin to m- want to maximize your time. And coaching allows me the ability to be in relationship with people um, differently than just uh, one-on-one therapy. It also allowed me to move more into um, training and you know corporate and speaking at events because I could reach more people. And that really kind of became the thrust of why I went the direction I did because there was, even my book, like I have this message, I only have so many hours in a day. If I write this down, more people can read it. If I speak at a conference, more people can learn this. If I put out a workshop. And so that was a big shift for me to move from, um, you know, the, the, into the coaching consulting world. Um, I think on my, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. So that once John, my husband, John, kind of named what that was. I was like, all right, let's do this. So um, I think the idea of having a larger impact, a larger influence in the world, um, leaving a legacy, really wanting your life to have a significance mattered to me. The other reason was as a um, young entrepreneur, I was also a mom. So when, Mm -hmm. you know, when I married John, we had our kids young. So as a stay-at-home mom and entrepreneurship was a way for me to begin to you know, dabble in some things. So that also, I think the freedom of it really made a difference to me. That's that's great. You know, it, it is very freeing, but it can also be a, a, the opposite if you let it, right? I mean, you know, the, I, and talking with a lot of entrepreneurs and even my, you know, talking internally to myself, you know, the, we're entrepreneurs not only so that we, because we believe we can provide uh, tremendous value and no one else will hire us. Uh, but also because of the lifestyle that being an entrepreneur provides us to spend, you know, time with our family, income potential, et cetera. But beyond that, to have a big impact right. in, in people's lives. Can you tell us, do you have a story that you could share with us about maybe a mentor or someone that's really impacted your life and, and, and helped kind of maybe guide you along the way in, in business, you mean, in terms of my, my business and the, and the choice to be an entrepreneur or in, 
in in what arena? Either what either personal or professional, whichever. Gosh, I've had so many mentors through the years in terms of both personal, professional. I'm a, I'm a very avid reader, a voracious reader, and so one of the mentors that I have counted as my own, um, I actually Zig Ziglar. I oh, cool. met him in person um, in 2010. But wow. for years had had studied his work, had been mentored by people who were mentored by him personally. So I think you know he is one. Another person that I would consider a mentor who I've never met is John Maxwell. I really like his his writing. Uh, you know, I think that that if I think about in terms of because they write about more than just professional life. And I think that's what I'm always looking for because my work is so what I would call both and. It really crosses over from the personal world to the professional world and and back because I do think, you know, anytime we can learn to communicate better or build stronger relationships in our professional life, you know, we're going to succeed more. And certainly personal life has a huge piece of, you know, those relationships impact our professional life far more than we know, not to mention our personal happiness. Um, A mentor that I have recently connected with that I'm really enjoying, who really has helped me understand the, the, the coaching world, it would, it would be Dan Miller of 48 Days. He oh, um, cool. He came to my book launch, he and his wife, his wife and I, in, which was in Nashville where my publisher is, he and his wife have become friends. And I really admire his desire to help people really realize their dreams in a way that has enabled him to you know, develop this coaching program. And for so many people, there is there's a limited thinking, so I, I would say those are those are some you know long term mentors. I'm sad that I just said three women, three men. So let me do the <laughs> shout out to the woman. Um, there's two women um, who I think really have impacted me more than anyone else, and this is going to sound so cheesy, but one is my mother. My mom okay. has um, is one of the wisest people I know, and she's really impacted me about what it means to be a good mom, especially of adult children. And then the other person that I've really come to um, admire and respect, and again, I've never met them, is Brene Brown. And she's written a number of books recently. Yeah. And she did a TED Talk that kind of went viral. But she puts into words a lot of what I have lived. Um, it's funny. She first caught my eye because one of my favorite quotes by Teddy Roosevelt had to do with being in the arena. And her book, Daring Greatly, kind of caught my eye because it's a quote I've had on my fridge since I was in my 20s. And oh, cool. Yeah, so the idea of really being willing, she's brought into the world um, and our vernacular conversations about emotions and vulnerability. And, you know, my kids laugh and go, oh, look, mom, your favorite subjects. So <laughs> she would be a mentor as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, her book, Daring, I haven't read it yet, but it's in my, as a, one of my goals through um, The Best Year Ever was to read a book a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally behind on that. But uh, but she is on my list of, of authors authors to read. One of the um, I think she does so well is, especially originally I did a lot of work with women and now I've, you know, I would say maybe 15 years ago. Now I, in the last 10 to 12 years, I do a lot more work with with both men, women, couples, individuals, businesses, is she talks about the gifts of imperfection. And I think entrepreneurs get real stuck in that perfectionism and in that sense of it has to be done exactly one way. And um, I think learning to let go of that is really important. So I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy her books. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. it, it you, you reminded me of two quotes and I, I'm going to totally butcher the, the Zig one. It's one of my favorite quotes, though, and I was trying to look at look for it on my because I I saved it as a JPEG on my mm-hmm. phone, and it says, uh, "You can have anything you want in life as long as you help other people get what they want." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's one of my and that it's such a profound statement and true. Yeah, and the other thing that you the other quote that just was brought to mind when you talk about 
perfectionism with entrepreneurs is, uh, I think it's, I think it was a patent quote and I think he stole it from somebody else, but it's, uh, the, the quote is basically a good plan executed violently is better than a perfect plan never executed. And, and those are, those are, those are two quotes that I try to live by in my life. And Dan Sullivan, who of strategic coach mm-hmm. talks, talks about the 80% rule. If Absolutely. it's 80%, if it's 80% good enough, you know, let's rock, let's rock and roll, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's how I really try to try to live my life. Cause we can get just stuck in perfectionism yeah. and, and trying to get things just right. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-275. 2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. One of my favorite Zig Ziglar quotes, and I actually quote it in my book, Listen, Learn, Love, How to Dramatically Improve Your Relationships in 30 Days or Less, is that you can't consider your professional life, your business life, you can't consider yourself a success in business if your personal life is in shambles. And so that was kind of the beginning of really um, seeing that he does a whole lot more you know, than just how much than, than work or sales, you know, he was a fabulous, famous salesman, but the idea that everything is so integrated. So yeah, I do. And the business coach I'm working with now, he, um, his favorite line is, um, ready, fire, aim. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My dad, who is uh, one of my mentors and, and a, and a partner in another business of, of ours as a former uh, army ranger, former army ranger, Vietnam vet and hanging for a service. I appreciate that. Yeah, I will. Um, and sit, hanging on his wall is a, is a poster, you know, those shirts that's you know, from, from England, uh, keep calm and carry on. Mm, yeah. It's a poster of an artillery, you know, set of artillery weapons. And it says, keep calm and adjust fire, you know, <laughs> which is a, which is a motto, you know, a, a military motto and military expression to adjust your, adjust fire when things don't, uh, go your way. Right. One of, one of my other mentors, um, talks about it a little bit differently. And he quoted somebody, and I cannot remember the life of me who he <coughs> quoted, but he basically said that it, it, it all comes down to how we react to situations. Mm-hmm. And he said, the space between the situation and your response can either be heaven or hell. Right. When I use the and, word respond versus react, you know, we all have that moment where we can react to something, but we can, we can, you know, where we have the emotion and the feeling and we can choose in that moment to react or we can pause and respond. And you're right. That to me, that moment, that second in between is all about choice. And what we choose to do is based on how we have developed our own personal mastery, our personal leadership, our you know personal growth and development, how we view relationships and the impact of that reaction versus that response on the relationship, whether it's personal or business. And so it really comes down to a, a level of intentionality for me. I think um, the older I get, the more I realize that that choice, that, that moment of choice really determines success or failure in the long run, because all those little ones, you know, kind of packed together that make a huge difference. 
Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, like, you're incredible. I mean, prolific and ubiquitous Fox News entrepreneur. I mean, like that's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Another virtual high five. Thank you. My my coach calls me a content <laughs> machine. So, yeah. You know, it's you just know. Uh, it's what's really been fun is seeing how um, the online world really gives an opportunity to impact more people. And so for me, yeah. it's really been about what can I put out there? I've just now begun yeah. more coaching programs. Um, I'm working on some product development that will be available and then to get some of the information. So I'm really excited about that. And I think um, the ability to help people increase their impact, increase their influence, and really see that they can make a difference in the world, you know, leave a legacy is really, I think, part of what's so fun for me at this stage in my life and business. Yeah, totally. Now, going to your expertise and the content and books and stuff that you've that you've written, can you tell us about the profit method and how you know it works with busy entrepreneurs and how they can protect and cultivate their marriage or relationships outside of of what they're doing on a daily basis? Sure, I would love to do that. Um, I have worked through the years with tons of entrepreneurs. As I said, I've been married to one myself for thirty two years, and really found that. You know, a lot of people were bankrupting their relationships in pursuit of success. And this applies, I think, to executives and as well as entrepreneurs. And so I began to look at what were some of the things that made a difference. And to me, every entrepreneur I know, as well as every CEO, is very concerned about profit. So I thought if I can tag to what they're already thinking about and and make it, you know, uh, something that will help improve their, let's just work on their personal, uh, their marriage, their relationship there, it could really catapult their success. And so I began to look at some of the things I've taught people. Um, so the the profit is an acronym, and it is for these six things that can really help you, you know, protect, foster, grow your marriage while you're pursuing success and profits. And I think what where it came from, I think what's really important is to know that there's this unrealistic expectation that we are balanced and even, and that you can do 120% massive growth with your um, business and 120%, you know, massive impact with your with your personal relationship, and nobody has 120% time. So I begin to look at well, what can people do, and you know, that to me really began this idea of. What if we were really intentional and, and really proactive with what we did with our relationships? So PROFIT stands for Priorities, Rekindle, Open Up, Focus, Intentionality, and Tenacity. And so let me go through those. Um, you know, with priorities, a lot of times we have a plan for business. We have a plan for our year. You just did best year ever. But we really don't have a plan, a priority list for our relationship. And so, you know, a lot of times we assume what people want. We assume what our spouse wants and or our kids want. And I, I think I'll, I'll stay with just spouse here since you asked me about that specifically, because um, this goes from, you know, significant other to people who aren't married and the, just the important relationships in your life. But this idea of what are their priorities? What are our relationship priorities? What's important? And one of the examples I give is um, it was really important, especially early in our marriage, for my husband to have me just sit with him and maybe watch a show or do something and not be doing seven other things at the same time. And to me, that made no sense. But beginning to understand what that communicated to him. You know, I think I, I work with a lot of spouses who will say, well, this, I can tell work's a priority, but do you know what's going on in my life? Um, you know, is, is what's important to me a priority for you? So we talk about, you know, assessing and really, you know, strategizing and outlining what the priorities are. You know, R is for um, reconnect or rekindle. A lot of spouses go from living, you know, having a romance to living like roommates. And for me, I realized that um, 
this whole entrespouse term came from the fact that there's only, you know, marriage and falling in love and, and really getting excited for the um, your spouse when you were engaged and all that. That level of intensity doesn't come along again, I think, except for in business. Because, you know, you may find this, you know, you're consumed with your podcast and your new launch and you're, you know, thinking about 24-7. And so this idea of how do I take that and just really reconnect with my spouse? And I have some tips for that and and ways to really move from having, you know, living like roommates to really recreating your romance. Yeah. And that's that I think really goes a long way in your marriage to, to have it be um, successful, fulfilling, and, and long-term. O is for open up. And that has a lot to do with communication skills. When you have conversations, what you have conversations about. You know, timing sometimes is as important as what you're talking about. So I talk a lot about, you know, opening up. And I think entrepreneurs, you know, are really guilty of two things. They either are the fire hose sharing everything or they're really private and they share nothing. And neither of those is the right, you know, the best option. Right. So I talk about those and teach a lot of communication skills in that one. Um, F is for focus. And this is really something that I think has come into it has really begun to take shape, but the more often I do this boot camp, you know, originally I really was thinking about focus being like, you know, like a telescope, like you're totally focused on your spouse. And I think especially for entrepreneurs, when we're so distracted, it's easy for our spouses to feel like they're never getting 110% of us. And so I talk a lot about being 110% present in your business when you're there, 110% present in your relationship when you're there. And yet, at the, you know, the reality is, is the smallest thing can take an entrepreneur's mind in a new direction. They can, you know, have an idea, you know, they could be watching a movie and suddenly their next, you know, slogan, you know, or product comes to mind and they get that glazed over look and the spouse is like, hello. And suddenly, you know, the, 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 guilty. yeah, yeah. Guilty or have that deer in the headlights of, oh, I'm caught. And I have no idea what you just said. So focus also became um, another way of strategizing, not just being 100% present, but what to do when you lose your focus and how to bring that back and how to name that and how to look at your spouse and go, you know what? You're right. I totally just blanked out. Let me voice record my idea so I can come back and be 100% with you. And just even that little shift of naming it and and kind of returning um, really lessens the tension because what the spouse doesn't want to hear is, oh, no, no, I heard you. And that high, no, 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 no. And you're kind of stumbling through a script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I yeah. talk a lot about that. You know, I is for intentional interactions. And um, what I love there is really being intentional about your relationship and utilizing technology to do that. So I talk about, you know, really tying your interactions with your spouse into what's already going on in your day. So every business I know has something to do with customer retention management system. And so, you know, I have a little couples retention management idea with this intentional, oh, nice. you know, intentional interaction. So it could be sending a text. It could be, you know, a word, a phrase that you and your spouse use. It could be um, checking in on a meeting or a, a business thing they had going on. And you use technology to help you with that. So otherwise, you know, days can go by and you haven't had any intentional connections. And T is for the tenacity um, that it really requires, just like in a business, you know, don't give up three feet from gold. And what does it look like to be tenacious in building a strong relationship? You know, John and I, as I said, have been married for 32 years and we're really honest about how hard we work to get here. And every time I speak, <clears throat> excuse me, every time I speak, I open with a story about how about 15, 17 years into our marriage, we were standing in our in our house in the suburbs of DC. So beautiful home, 5,000 square feet, three very successful teenagers involved in our church, in sports, great grades. Just we had, you know, very successful businesses. So from the outside, our life looked like we had it all. And I remember after the kids went upstairs, I looked at John and I said, you know, I love you and I can't imagine my life without you 
but I hate our life. And I'm not sure we're going to make it if we don't do something different. And it was, yeah, it was a real turning point for us. And so we talk about that. And then I move forward, kind of fast forward to last summer. Um, We went away for our 32nd anniversary. We were walking on the beach and my husband looked at me and he said, "Um, do you think other couples who've been married as long as we have are as happy as we are and like each other as well as love each other? And, you know, my comment to him, I I paused and I kind of looked at him like, it was a really great question. And I was like, I don't know, but I do know that we worked really hard to get here. And I'm really glad we did. And I think the honesty of the tenacity it takes to build a good relationship, like the tenacity it takes to build a good business, you know, are really important. So we flesh those out in different ways. I have a um, actually a, a info product that's coming out that goes through them. I actually have a boot camp I do and have a, a mastermind, a profit mastermind that I do for people, couples who really want to dig deep in that. So it's, that's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's a really fun way to keep the most important relationship prominent because people are thinking about profit all the time. Yeah, my uh, congr- first of all, congratulations on 32 mar- years of marriage. June, you say? That's, yeah, it'll be that's 33 awesome. this June. Would you get married when you guys were like 12 or something? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I mean, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of the things my wife and I do, and I, was, I should say uh, one of the things my wife does um, more than I do, and I, and I try to be better about it and, and have my antenna up uh, about it, is something called a daily check-in. Mm-hmm. And she's got her phone and she's got a running list of things that she wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, some... And, and and I think probably for most guys, at the end of the day, you know, after you get the kids down, dinner, like sometimes it, I just want to like decompress. Right. And but I know it's so important for her. She's been wanting to tell me these things all day long. Right. Um, so even if I'm just sitting there and looking at her and listening. And it, and it's a lot of times she'll breathe like a sigh of relief afterwards because well, she's uh, given you she's given you what's on her mind and heart and even though even though you might not be able to do anything about them you know fix them anything like that it's you're helping carry them and that's a yeah. big piece of it for women yeah. and um I, you know we do daily I have a lot of different strategies for daily check ins that's kind of that priority for her that yeah. she is at and you know in the intentional interactions and I think the other thing I try to teach couples is that. Um, sometimes the connection doesn't have to be about something serious. On my website, I offer uh, fast and fun conversation starters. And it could be something simple. Like, I think sometimes we have, we're so afraid of those four words, we have to talk that um, that we can be yeah. like, you know, like you said, favorite superpower or what's your favorite, what was your favorite game? Or we were watching a commercial the other day and I said to my husband, do you remember that commercial when you were growing up? And we had this conversation about silly commercials that we remembered. And so it's moments and points of connection that aren't, you know, tense and they're not laden with meaning, but they allow you to feel like you're connected to your spouse. So I do love that you do that daily, daily check-in. That's really important. Yeah. And sometimes she'll just ask me at the end, do you have anything you want to tell me? And I'm like, nope, you know, like I'm, I'm good, you know, like, uh, had a great day or, or, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at communicating. You know, I'm, I, uh, I definitely, I'm a good Irish Catholic. I wear my heart on my sleeve. (laughs) I love it. Uh, And uh, have you ever heard of the book um, Seven Levels of Intimacy by Matthew Kelly? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've read a bunch of his stuff, Dream Manager, you know, Seven Levels of Intimacy uh, and other things. And I was actually, li- a friend of mine gave me the audio for Seven Levels of Intimacy. And I was listening to it on my way home uh, on a Saturday morning on my way to work. I left 
my I left my wife. Her name is Lisa, mm-hmm. and our at that time we had three kids. We have four now. You know, I left her to go to the office at you know in the morning on a Saturday morning, and I'm driving there. And I had listened to this CD like two or three times already. This was my third time listening to it and just kind of let, trying to let the stuff marinate on me. Mm-hmm. And on the, on the first track, he tells a story about an executive. And, and at the end of the story, he says, love is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boom, like this light went off in my head. And I got off on the next exit. I turned around. I, I, I pulled back in our driveway, walked in the house, and I looked at her and I said, I am going to do my very best to never work Saturdays. And she just started crying. You know, she had not communicated that to me, but I I could, I knew that she felt not abandoned, but like overwhelmed by the fact that, okay, I'm going to be gone again on, on, on a Saturday, you know, and, and I'm, we're pretty good about it. There are a few Saturdays a month that I, that I do work, but, but it's, it's not an all day thing. And, and it's, we plan for it way ahead of time, right. you know? Right. And that's a good um, back to that priorities and, you know, just being really proactive. I actually teach a five levels of it, five kinds of intimacy. And so I really, I liked the book when it came out because he really goes into depth. And I think, um, I think that's great that you were able to acknowledge, anytime we can recognize and acknowledge, and like you said, turn around and come back and say something. I think it's so important for our spouse to, spouses to know that we see them, we hear them, um, that they matter and, and that what their needs are really weigh into our choices. And, you know, I heard once, and I, I speak about this when I teach the profit method at, at events, that um, entrepreneurship is like a high wire solo act. And marriage oh, is all yeah. about um, sharing and stability and, and you know, two becoming one and a community of, of, of family. And, and it's, they're so diametrically opposite that you really have to pause and think about it. The other thing I teach um, a lot about is understanding your, yourself and your spouse, you know, as well as your team. I mean, this works across the board. When you understand yourself and understand others, you can always improve the relationship. I offer a, a DISC, D-I-S-C, which is a oh, yeah. personality mm-hmm. profile, and, you know, really talk about how those temperaments, those personalities impact our relationships. So for a couple, it could, you know, the entrepreneur is usually a risk taker. Sometimes they marry somebody very steady and that impacts how they look at, you know, the the business and their relationship, how they communicate. For teams, it's a huge thing. I just did a recent uh, team analysis for a a company, a small business where they really wanted their team to be in the right place. So understanding yourself and understanding the people you're either living with or working with can make a huge difference in your not just your success, but your enjoyment of the process. Yeah, your your example of the the high wire thing made me think of that movie, Man on a Wire, uh, about the the tightrope walker guy that, and and it's a bad relationship example because he ends up like abandoning his girlfriend and stuff. Right. But what the reason I bring it up is because, um, in addition to the married couple being intentional about their relationship, right, and their marriage, mm-hmm. I think that in order to successfully, you know, walk that wire, you got to have a community around you that's supportive and, and can hold you accountable, right? Yes. Is that, is yes. that, do you talk about that at all? Yes. I mean, I think who, you know, Jim Ron's, but we become like the five people we spend our most time with. And I think that we have to be very intentional about that. Um, you know, couples who spend time with couples who like 
their spouses and really are committed to being together, that makes a difference. I think entrepreneurs who spend time with successful entrepreneurs tend to be successful. Um, People really have to take the time to look at who are you allowing to speak into your life? Whose examples are you looking at either intentionally or by osmosis? You know, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of studies about that, that kind of what we focus on grows, who we're with really impacts um, our our lifestyle, our bottom line, our income, our risk taking, our our commitment to relationships, our parenting style. It really makes a difference. And I think, you know, our moms used to always tell us, you know, be careful who you hang out with. Yeah, and then we yeah. get older and we forget to follow that same advice. That's that's true. So when you when you think about the work that you do, especially as it relates to entre spouses, mm-hmm. do you have like a rock star couple that you think of that you've that you maybe tell stories about who who was, you know, in one place, but in working with you or and working with each other, they're they're now like this your brochure couple, you know. <laughs> you know, I have a number of them. I have a number of couples who've really made the choice to either they were. Um, I'm going to talk about three, and I won't use any names. Um, uh, one of the couples I worked with were at the beginning of their journey, and they really made a decision that they wanted to be different than their. Um, the examples around them, their parents um, had divorced. And, and so they really, from the beginning, they were very proactive. Um, and it was still funny, you know, the naiveness of early marriage that hits you, you know, when you get into those, you know, 12, 13, 14, 17 years on, you know, the reality when your kids become teens or when your business takes a hit. Um, but they were very proactive about wanting to make their relationship different. And so I got to work with them early on and lay a good foundation. And I just, you know, um, recently, you know, Christmas, I get their cards and I'm always yeah. excited to see what they're doing. There's another couple that actually, when they hit a crisis, came and saw me and I was really um, wanted to applaud them because a lot of people, you know, throw in the towel and they're like, you know, the business failed, our marriage is struggling, just forget it. And so they came and really did that hard work of kind of going back and understanding their story, understanding how they got where they were, you know, mindset shifts, false beliefs, a lot of, you know, poor communication skills, places where they didn't have good boundaries with family and with with business. And so they really implemented some major changes. And that um, has been huge. On my Better Relationship podcast, I spend... Um, I think we just finished the 35th episode and they, most of them have been stories of couples um, who have made a, a shift or entrepreneurs who've come on and shared how they made that journey. And that's the Better Relationship Podcast. That's on my website as well. Um, one couple on there that I mentioned earlier, Dan and Joanne Miller, they started and they share about what it's like to be an entrepreneurial couple for the long haul. And they've been married longer than my husband and I. So we've always oh, tried wow. to have people ahead of us on the path that we look at and, and listen to people who um, who can help you know shine a light and direct and speak into our lives. And we also try to always have people that we're either mentoring or you know speaking to and giving examples of or ex- being an example to of what's possible. So yeah, there's a, you know, I've been doing this for 20 some years. So, <laughs> you know, I have a number of couples that I just am thrilled that I got the privilege to kind of walk through life with them and really help them. What are um, what are some questions that entrepreneurs and and maybe maybe that both spouses are entrepreneurs or maybe it's just one spouse that's an entrepreneur? But what are, what are some questions that they can can ask themselves on a daily basis to engage their thinking in how they can you know 
build up their relationships? That's a great question. I don't know that I've ever been asked that question quite that way. Um, I think I'm going to go give two things, um, maybe three. So the first, I think, is it goes back to something I talk about in my book, and that is, am I really listening to what my spouse is saying and communicating? A lot of times when we're uh, listening, we think we're really good listeners and we're not. We're just hearers. We just hear the words and we're waiting for the other person to stop talking so we can talk and tell them our thoughts. So one of the things is, am I really listening? Do I really um, hear what they're asking for, what they're saying, whether it's um, a need that they might have personally or, you know, ideas and thoughts about the business. I think especially when you have a strong-willed, you know, gung-ho entrepreneur, they're not always the best listeners. And so yeah. that's one thing to really think about. Am I paying attention to body language? You know, I talk about pausing and paying attention. Just the the reality of that level of being a good communicator. So that's one thing. I think the other piece that um, impacts every entrepreneurial couple, entre spouse, and I would also say executive couple, is this idea of I talk about this in my book, Learn. Um, The book is Listen, Learn, Love. So I'll go through those three. Learn them. And a lot of times um, we take our spouses for granted. And I had a professor once who talked a lot about his wife as a, uh, you know, a undiscovered island. And, uh, you know, do you look at your spouse as, you know, this ongoing treasure hunt? There's always something new to discover. There's always something you can learn about them and not learn to change or tweak, but really learn to embrace and enjoy. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's another piece. We get very, um, it's easy to see how relationships can become roommate-esque. And so really that idea of being fascinated with your spouse and really taking the time to to know even like their love languages. I talk about this. How how do they like to have their, how do they like to receive love? How do they like to be appreciated? You know, um, I joke about this in the book about how I'm a words girl. And so I always, t- always told my husband what a great husband he was and and how grateful I was for him or how handsome he was or what a good job he did. And, he, and he's an acts of service guy. And so his thought was, you know, hey, can you just put your business receipts on my desk? Because then I can go ahead and get your work done because that's how he expressed love. And so really yeah, yeah. learning how the other person gives and receives love, learning what's important to them, learning that, you know, go back to the profit method. Um, priorities for me were really different than priorities that he might have thought were my priorities. And so when you can talk about those and really learn each other, that's important. Yeah, totally. I, I think that, um, and then the, the third one I'll say is the love uh, from Listen, Learn, Love. And I talk about loving well. And to me, there's a difference between this idea of love as a feeling. I like that you said love as a choice. And, you know, when we choose to love somebody, we really are making a commitment to operate from our commitments, not our emotions. And so loving well is sacrificial. Loving well says what's important to you is more important than what's important to me. And again, I go through those details in, in, in at length in my book, but it's that idea of am I in the relationship to bless, to grow, to help them become their best self? Or am I in it because it's convenient or comfortable? And those yeah. are two very different relationships. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. That, that, that's really helpful because it gives practical steps that people can, can engage in to, to, to really have an impact on their relationship with their, their spouse. And, and, and beyond that, to their kids even. You, know, listen, you can apply those same things, listen, Absolutely. learn, love. And the book yeah. is Listen, Learn, Love, How to Dramatically Improve Your Relationships in 30 Days or Less is actually a broad brushstroke across all relationships. It talks about spouses, kids, siblings, parents, and I even have a little business section in there. Oh, that's so cool. It's that's a cool. very, it's a broad brushstroke of any kind of relationship. So I just finished reading this book um, by Clay Christensen. He's a uh, Harvard Business School professor, and he wrote this book. Um, called How Will You Measure Your Life? Have you heard of it? I have not. I'll have to look it up. 
it's a it's a really interesting book. And he went to Harvard. He graduated from Harvard and then went to, you know, some you know, started his own company. And, you know, the the book opens up with him telling these stories about how, you know, you you come back to the five year reunion and everybody's happy and married and getting started and then the world is their oyster and all this potential is in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you come to the ten year reunion and some people aren't aren't mm-hmm. uh, aren't there anymore. Some people are have gone bankrupt. Some people are divorced. Some people are wealthy beyond measure. And then you come to the 20 year reunion and there's even less people there because a good chunk of them are in prison for fraud or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, and then, and, and it, it goes on, you know, that's just one little small portion of the book. And it was, a re- it was really, it made me stimulated my thinking. And I've started to incorporate the title of that book in my questions with my guests. So uh, this is the last question for mm-hmm. you, which is how will you measure your life? It's a great question. I'm going to have to look up the book. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to when I had cancer and you, when you face cancer, you, you look at, you know, have, has my life mattered? Um, and the, the words that come to me in terms of how I measure my life has a lot to do with legacy, you know, um, and, and it comes down to relationships. It comes down to, have I made a difference? Have I helped people, you know, see themselves, you know, for the, you know, the wonder they are. One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis, and he has this book called The Weight of Glory. And it talks about how if we really saw who we were, we would be, who each other was, we would be tempted to fall down and worship. That we're really not, you know, we're really not aware of the wonder of who we are. And there's a quote by, uh, Thierry Deschardins, and he talks about we're not human beings having a spiritual experience; we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm. And so, I think for me, I'll measure my life by um, is the, what I call the ripple effect. You know, the legacy of did my life touch other people's lives that helped them grow in their relationship with themselves, with others, with God, so that they, you know, could go on and impact others. And so, my hope someday is that. When they look at my stone being plunked in the water, there's you know many, many, many ripples that I may not even know about, um, where people's lives have been made better because of something that, you know, my life or my story impacted them for. That is a beautiful answer. Thank you very much, and and thank you for being our guest today on the Impact Entrepreneur Show. How can our subscribers get in touch with you or follow you or you know? get to know you better. Well, first, Mike, thanks so much for having me. It was delightful to be on the show. I love the idea of wanting to be an impact entrepreneur because we have such an ability to make a difference. So I really appreciate that. Um, if people want to connect with me more, they can go to my hub. Um, it's susiemiller.com, S-U-S-I-E, miller.com. And on that space, I have my podcast links, my Better Relationship TV, uh, links to uh, working with me, speaking, um, the things that I offer coaching-wise. And so, and lots and lots and lots of free stuff that okay, they can awesome. get and resources and articles. So that's susiemiller.com. susiemiller.com. There you have it, folks. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Impact Entrepreneur Show. Far too often in the hustle of life, our most important relationships can be put on the back burner. And Susie just armed us with incredible tools to help protect our most important and treasured relationships, namely the relationships that we have with our spouses or significant others. I hope you took a lot of notes because I know I did, but let me share with you one of the things that I took away and really resonated with me, and that is Susie's profit method. 
As a reminder, the P in profit stands for priorities. The R stands for rekindling or reconnecting. The O stands for opening up. The F stands for focus. The I stands for intentional interaction and the T for tenacity. And we're all going to be different. We're all going to have areas of strength and weaknesses when it comes to this profit method. But the thing that I need to go back and really be mindful of is the I, the intentional interaction, the stopping whatever it is I'm doing and intentionally listening to my bride as she tells me what happened to her during the day and relays to me all the important hopes, dreams, and fears she has for our future. And that is something that I am committed to changing and to improving and enhancing in my life. I'd love to hear what you are intending to do to improve your relationships in 30 days or less. We will link to all of this in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode or found value in this episode, I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now or at some point today and leave me uh, some love on iTunes, a rate and review. This helps us stay up in the charts and we really, really appreciate it. Now, I hope you take this information and the information from the previous episodes and go impact somebody today. Go love somebody intentionally today and make someone else a priority in your life. Last and certainly not least, I want to say thank you so much to Cody and the team over at podcastmasters.net for all of the awesome audio correction and editing and show notes and marketing promo material that they do for us every week. Go check them out right now. We will link to them in the show notes. Now go make an impact.